0: welcome back this is the final episode in our first season yes i said season tomorrow.
1: i don't know what the emphasis in hatred is but i'm gonna take it and genuinely give you love back (laughs) yes yes we've been running through our, our list of our um top five scariest movies or movie moments and in our last episode we discussed I saw the devil worth looking at uh-huh. for sure it's gonna make you uncomfortable and as Sharon said she notes the minutes but every minute is action packed <laughs> um, that's directed by Kim Ji Wong and then the American version of The Ring starring Naomi Watts which Sharron got a new respect for Naomi Watts after that movie I got a new respect for whales and televisions everybody learned everyone grew <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a good, that's a good recap. I like that.
0: Um, so if you've been on this journey with us from the beginning, we just want to let you know that we so appreciate you. I just realized that I'm enjoying this so much that I don't think I ever want to stop. Yeah, there's so much to discuss. And, um, Tamora has now been forever chained to me because I'm never going to stop. So she can't get rid of me. So, uh,
1: eh. I've also put a lot of uncomfortable movies on your to watch list. So that makes me very excited to continue this journey with you as well.
0: So just so you know, (laughs) that might change if I want to stop if the movies get too uncomfortable, but that's okay.
1: It will never happen. Okay. Okay. So for this episode, um, we are going to end with three movies, my top number one, and then one that Sharon loves. And then I call it honorable mention movie because I also like the movie that you picked last two. Um, That being said, so many spoilers. (laughs) There's every movie that we have on this list is going to be spoiled for you. So I just want you to be prepared. And with that, here we go. Here we go. My last movie right now, which is a movie called Terrified 2017. (laughs) Sharon looks so excited about this movie. (laughs) So terrified is a movie from argentina um director is damien rugna i think that's how you pronounce it i'm sorry if i'm butchering that and the movie is odd and i i call it a movie of unrelated bad experiences it's <laughs> <that I guess. laughs> Don't laugh (laughs) because they don't just target. So normally in a horror movie, you see like one thing is being like one person, one family, one household being the target of something happening that is unexplained. And in this case, it's like a neighborhood problem or the problem within a housing block and it's affecting everyone. So you have one neighbor, Walter, who is seeing things under his bed and he can see him from one angle of his bed but not the other and whatever this thing is the way it's filmed it leaves you in no doubt that that thing is not human it is there and it is balled up under your bed and it's waiting to come get you as soon as you fall asleep and he is just like the fuck So he gets this camcorder and he starts recording it because something is also going into his armoire. So he opens it. There's nothing there. But on the camera, you can see something going in and coming out. And you're just like, like, what the hell is happening in this movie? Like, what's going on? Like, what the fuck is this? And how's this dude going to get rid of this? Then next door, you have Clara and her husband Juan. And Clara's like staring at the sink and she's like, nothing in the sink. Listening to the drain, and she's like, "Yo, is somebody talking?" And Juan's like, "You know, I don't know why they make the husbands like this. Like, you crazy girl, it's nothing down there. It's many neighbors you hear." And she's like, "No, Fox. they, there's something in this fucking drain." He's like, "That's the neighbors. Walter's doing construction. You know how they are." They go to bed, and he wakes up to this thumping on the wall, like, "Doom, doom, 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 doom." And he thinks it's the neighbor doing construction. And he's like cough groggy. Like yo banging on the wall. Like shut up with the construction noise. And then he's like where the hell is Clara? Like she ain't in the bed. And so he's like oh between his noise. My wife ain't in here. Like what's going on? And he finally realizes the thumping noise coming from the bathroom. Which is behind the bedroom wall. He's like oh it's Clara. Like yo what's going on boo? And he opens the door. And the wall is just bloody. Blood (laughs) everywhere. Clara is suspended in the air and she's going from one side of the shower (laughs) to the other floating and she's banging her whole body up against the wall. She is absolutely dead. And Juan is trying to pull her down. He's like, he's yelling, like Clara, stop. Like, I feel like that's not her (laughs) throwing her body in the air against the wall. Like she's floating. That's weird. And he's trying to stop her. He gets arrested. Because they're like, you definitely killed her. And how can you explain like, yo, my wife was just floating in the air, slamming against the wall until she died. In the meanwhile, while he's locked up in like, it's either the prison or in a mental institution. I think it's a prison, but he's wearing a robe the entire time. While Juan's over there dealing with that and the detectives talking to him. Walter is still dealing with whatever the fuck is under the bed in the armor. I can't figure it out. He's got his little blinds closed. He's got the grids up because he doesn't want anything in or out. Like he's trying to figure it out. He's got a gun and all this good stuff. While he's in there, little neighborhood boy is like, oh, I've been playing outside all day. I'm so thirsty. And the little boy's like, he's got to be like six, seven. I don't know kids age, they're young. And he goes to drink. You know how you drink from the outside faucet because that's a good cold water. He's drinking from the cold water, and Walter's like banging on the the still like great. Like yo, get away from this house! Like shit in here is getting wild. And the little boy is like holding his soccer ball, and he's just backing away from the house into the street. Uh, he gets hit by a bus, and you're just like, Sh- shit! What the fuck yeah. is going on in this neighborhood? And then they cut to this shot of the little boy, his body's just laying there, this blood all over the street. And you're just like, oh my God, this dude is dead. In the meantime, Walter's killed. Uh, Whatever he was filming grabs the shit out of him and he's just fucking gone, never to be seen again. And you see the little boy's mom coming home (laughs) from the funeral. And she's, of course just so broken up like she can't function and she's just in the house the next day well not the next day four days later (laughs) cops are at her house why are the cops at her house oh you know that boy that she buried four days ago he somehow got out of his casket walked back home (laughs) and is posted up at the dining room table with a bowl of cereal and a glass of milk and he is um, dead as dead as the deadest thing ever like he is not moving that he is dead his eyes not open his face looks all bloated you can see that he's rotten like from four days of being whatever I don't know if he's been exhumed or what he's just dead he's like all coated in this gray like he just dug out the grave and you're just like what the fuck is going on in this movie what like fuck all is this going is so fucking random and so the detectives are in this there's this one scene they're in the dining room and they're just trying to like they're talking to each other and they're in the doorway and they're facing each other in profile and in the background you see the little boy sitting at the table with the milk and the cereal and they're just like getting close to him and trying to put the spoon under his nose like is he breathing is he still alive and they're like no he's dead and I don't know what happened how did he get here did the mom do it he's got little footprints are all in the house like leading to the table and you're just like how is this happening and while they're talking the glass of milk falls over and they just look at him and that boy ain't moved but the milk spilled. <laughs> you're just like what is happening in this movie? Like nothing is being explained to you. Nothing makes any logical sense that thing, like Shiran you're talking about like I can't put these pieces together to make a right. solid picture because there's so much randomness happening. It does not seem like it's all cohesive. Right. So <laughs> they rebury the boy after putting him in a freezer and Encasing him in cement so he doesn't come back again. Um, so they think. And in the meantime, there's a couple of paranormal experts who are in the area because they have sensed that something's weird happening in this neighborhood. And <laughs> dimensions are popping up. So I think um, the main uh, com- commissioner Fune and his buddy Jano are the two main characters they're friends and Jono calls um or Fune calls Jono I think to come deal with it because Jono is kind of like weird shit happens and I believe in it let me help you out is he a priest I don't think he is I think he's Mm -hmm. like a old it seemed like he was like an old detective or an old policeman or something
0: yeah i was trying to figure it out but he had like experience with it because okay yeah okay
1: he was really into parent like weird shit happens in a b and c and it could be this this or that in the interim on the same block at walter's house which is across the street because this is happening on the fucking block within these four house four or five houses or whatever who who knows how many because these are just the ones that they know of this lady, more Albrecht, is like looking at Walter's house, and she's like, Something weird's happening in that house. <laughs> and then looking at her, like, Who the hell are you? And she's like, Don't worry about it. I know what I'm talking about. You need help because it's weird over here. And I'm gonna tell you now, you're gonna need somebody to talk, <laughs> talk about it. And I'm the one who could tell you what's going on. So they set up this, um, these three plus I think, um, more Albrecht's they call her Albrecht, Albrecht's um, buddy Rosenstock set up these kind of survey areas in the houses where things have happened. Walter's house, the house with the little boy. I think the mom's name is Alicia and then Juan and Clara's house. And they're just setting up like, we're going to check it out. And Albrecht's like, you know, sometimes dimensions cross. And when they kind of surface in an area, you get these cracks in the wall and you can see into the other dimension. But those things like blood and they like snatching people. So you got to kind of like be careful about that. And she's like, I just like to study it. I'm not trying to solve it. I just like to look at it, report on it. You like tell you what's going on. And I'm like, how do you stop it? <laughs> like it's crazy right now. Walter's already gone. The boy didn't came back from the dead. Um, Clara's is slammed, and she's died now. Juan's in jail for something that he didn't have any any part of. And they're just observing. And during this night of observation, you find out that Fune has heart issues and he can't stand shock, which is awful for him because the night is full of terrible shocks. It's just full of horrible things. So he and Rosenstock are in one house and all the silverware is on the underside of the cabinet, just stuck in there, like defying gravity. And while they're touching it, Rosenstock's hand is up there and a knife comes up and spears him through the hand. And he's bleeding, but the blood is being sucked into the cabinet and Rosen's Rosen is like, no, 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 leave it. You see how that blood's being sucked in? That's going to the other dimension. Someone's feeding on that. And I'm like, do you want to take your hand down? And he's like, no, nah, let's just open the cabinet and see what's in there. You open the cabinet, there's nothing there because you cannot see into the other dimension to the thing that is sucking your blood out. And in the interim, Jano is in a place where he gets killed because I think he's at Claire and Juan's house and he's looking out the window and he's talking to Fune. He's like, is that you in the window, Fune? And Fune's like, no, we in the kitchen. He's like, but I see somebody in the window. And He's moving back and forth from pain to pain. And sometimes the thing is there and you put, look in the other window and it's not. And then he goes back to the other window and then the thing is right in front of his face. So he gonna die. And then... Um, <laughs> Fune is just like, yo, I've got blood on my hands. Like he's interacted with Rosenthal. Jano's dead. His blood is on, on Fune's hand. And he goes to see Albrecht and Albrecht is sitting next to this crack in the wall. And he's, she's like, Who's, he's like, this isn't my blood. This is Rosenthal and Jano's blood. And Albrecht's like, yo, get that blood off your hands. Cause that's the thing that attracts them. And she's, talking real calm. Like, you know, we in church, like, you know, put your shoes on. You sound crazy. Have a seat. Let me tell you how church runs. And <laughs> while she's talking and she's trying to calm him down, like, oh yeah, this is just a dimension. Like I can see through, I can see this creature in there. And she's looking in this hole and you see this fucking creature in there. And you like, why are you sitting so close to it though? Like, could you back up and still see what you're going to see? She is not concerned at all by what's going on. You know, she's just sitting there and Fune is just looking at her. And while they're talking and she's got her head turned to Fune, a hand reaches out of the crack, (laughs) breaks her fucking neck and then sucks her into the crack. And Fune just has a heart attack, panic attack, whatever it is, he cannot move. And there's this scene where he is laying on the ground, incapacitated, like he cannot calm his heart down so that he can get up and get the fuck out of the house. And the camera keeps panning back and forth at floor level. So you can see him on one side and the other. And because of the dimensions on one side, you don't see anything wrong in the room. On the other side, you see this fucking thing crawling out the crack and coming towards Fune. And I'm like, the fuck, man, get out of the house. There are no rules Get out. Get out. Get out. <laughs> you got to crawl. You got to shimmy. What? Getting out of the house, Fune. And so Fune can't see this thing, but you as an audience can see it. And he finally is able to calm his heart down and gets the fuck to his car. He's like, fuck this shit. And he's sitting in the car and they're doing this profile thing where they're looking from the passenger seat to the driver's seat. And while they're looking from the passenger to the driver's seat, you see in the background, the house that he just came out of the one where Albrecht gets snatched into the wall and out of the house, you see Albrecht coming backwards. Like imagine she's 10 feet tall, cracked in half with her top half facing the car upside down. And she's screaming, help us. We're being tortured while she's upside down and slamming on the car window. And Fune gets the hell out of there. He just like peels the fuck out. And so he does what you're supposed to do. Get the fuck out. I can't explain it. It's jacked up in this house. I can't understand these creatures. I'm just going to go ahead and move along. He gets out of the area and then he is sitting in his car and then as always happens, a liability pops up. He's already escaped. <laughs> Here's a liability. Hi! I'm your friend! I didn't hear from you. I'm at the house that you said you were supposed to be at. And Fune's like, dude, get out of the house. He's like, no, I see your friend Jano here. When someone tells you to get out of some place, get the fuck out. Like, Immediately. Immediately. like, oh, it's Jano. He looks weird. What should I be doing? And so Fune feels like oh I gotta go back and save my friend and I would be like Sharon I told you to leave I don't know what you you didn't listen. Good luck girl in the other dimension. Um I can't help you out. So this whole thing is just a series of fucked up experiences that happens for no reason in this (laughs) random area. And you try to attribute this to something like, oh, they were doing construction. Maybe they dug up something. Oh, maybe it's because you was hearing stuff in a drain. Oh, maybe it's because Walter's thing is manifesting and spreading. But there's like no rhyme or reason to why this is happening. There's no rhyme or reason to what this other dimension is or why it pops up in certain places and not in others. Why the little boy came back from outside of the neighborhood to the neighborhood to sit at that table And there's one scene where um, Fune is telling the mother to like, yo, you got to get out. And the mother gets in her car and she has dug up the body of her son again. She's like, I'm not leaving my baby. And I was like, that boy is dead. You gotta, like, you can't drive around with a corpse.
0: She's a liability. The mom ended up being the liability. She's a hot damn mess.
1: Liability. And so (laughs) everyone ends up dead, except Fune which goes missing and at the end scene they're talking to Juan again at this jail mental institution wherever he is and Juan is like talking to these three detectives because they're trying to figure out what Fune is and he's like I don't know where he is and he's looking past the three people he's like did you bring that guy with you and they look behind him like what guy like there's nobody there he's like that guy the guy right there And then this chair just flies at at, towards the camera. And you're just like, what the fuck is this thing spreading? What is it? And it never answers a question of what started it, what it is, how does it spread? Why is it taking people? And how do you defeat it? And it just leaves you with a bunch of questions where you're just like, okay, well that movie fucking sucked and I can't explain it and I can't fix it. And nobody won. Nobody. Nobody. Everybody lost. I, I
0: just want to tell you that my notes
1: on this. On Spotify, <laughs> I like your notes.
0: It had one sentence and that sentence said, nah, absolutely not. <laughs> that like was the one, because be, literally because I was like, I have questions and there's nothing solving a no. Not one thing was answered, like nothing connected. It was like, I'm going to take, you know, 140 minutes, you know, whatever, like 140 minutes of, of scenes and put them up here and they will have some sort of like semblance of being mm. together with a lot of like not connecting any of it. And I loved every second of it because I did, but I was like, I don't feel any closer to the truth. And I was like, so immediately I was like, is Terrified 2 coming out? Like what's happening? Cause will I get some answers? Cause
1: it's... Please no, I don't want it. I, I want... I like to sit in the comfortableness of it because when you wrap things up, it takes the fear away, right? So it's no longer scary because you're like, oh, logically I could put these things into place. But everything that's happening, Where my
0: brain goes, I need to-
1: But you're not, I don't think you're going to get this from this movie. I think what you get is uncertainty, questions, no answers- No, no definitive moves. Like you get none of that. All you get, you literally, it's just terrified. It's literally the title. You're just terrified because there's no answer. And it makes no sense. And you're sitting there trying to be like, okay, she's going to, Jano, Albrecht's going to explain it. She says something about the dimensions and then Albrecht her neck snap, Like, you could hear the snap and you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, you're watching she her. felt like she was going to
0: save the day on some level. Like, resolve yeah. stuff and she just dies.
1: She was so casually explaining what she knew to be true that you thought it puts you in this sense of security. Like, like you said, you think she's going to save the day, but she's got a handle on what this is. So if she's sitting that close to the crack... She should be okay but she's staring in it with a flashlight. She's like, "Oh, I see you in there." Like, and I'm like, "Is that safe? Are we good? Like, what's going on?" And then she's trying to explain to Fune what's going on. And then crack snap and she's gone. And I was like, "Oh, and then when he gets in the car and she runs out of the house and she's all bent in half and she's banging on the car door, I was like, Get the fuck out of there, Foodia was Like fuck this. So he just peeled off. I was
0: like, I love his character because he yeah. was he he was like like he's like the inner black dude that's like Mm-mm, get the fuck out. Nope. Mm-mm, yep. I'm absolutely not. I'm out. Like this shit's. He was trying to get out early on too. He was like, I don't think we should be
1: doing. This. He was. He's like, mm. and they're like, it's safe. Turn off all the lights and wear a flashlight. And I was like, I feel like that's the worst answer. They like the dark. Then turn the lights on. I feel like that's the answer. But no, no. Here we are, and all three of the experts are now dead. I think right. Rosenstock took a minute to die. Um, I think he was the last one to go. But, but, he's the-
0: dead, but he was the one in the in the police station. He yeah. was the one that he was like... They were like, did you bring him? That's Rosen talk. But Do you think like, that
1: Rosen talk or do you, was that Fune? I thought
0: that was no, Fune. No, no, no. He said, they say at the end, it's Rosentalk.
1: Oh, it's Rosentock.
0: Oh, yeah, guys. it's Rosen talk. right? I don't, Fune, I don't know where Fune is. Fune might come back with like... I, I don't know, but... Rosenthal definitely because I remember at the end I was like oh damn like Rosenthal was like kind of into it like he was like kind of like oh but no let it let it feed on me
1: I was like beat up. because like, it makes you think they know what they're talking about and then they all end up dead and you're like oh okay well y'all didn't know
0: they know shit they know shit um one thing I'd like to do really quickly so um just I think out of curiosity while we were having this discussion I was looking up the previous movies that we discussed and then the two others that are on the top five. But um, Terrified is a 77% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's pretty good. Okay. That's pretty good. Uh, Sinister was a 63%. That's actually the lowest rated one thus far. Uh, the Ring was a 71%. Okay. Um, I Saw the Devil came in at 81%. Woo!
1: Get it, my boo.
0: Audition came <laughs> in at eighty three percent. Yes, and Poltergeist came in the highest at eighty eight percent.
1: Get it, Poltergeist, now, Carolyn, Diane, what's your biggest? That's really good, but That's it's it's good. funny because okay, so I don't know, and I I kind of don't care what's on the top of everyone else's list, but it's funny to think like going through most of these, they're other people are feeling the same way about these films as far as being into them because I've seen some real low score (laughs) on horror movies and I get it. But some of these are movies like no one talks about this. Like, okay. Some of these are foreign. Like they're not going to be real big over here unless you really into horror movies and you're trying. But some of these are things that I think just slip under people's radar and they've been around for so long that you kind of discount them as being really good scary movies or having good scares in them. But I think if you go back to some of these, it's worth it to look at it. I I'm promoting Terrified because whenever I think of scary movies, it's always at the top of my list because I didn't expect to watch it. I didn't go looking for it. It was on. May have been on Shudder. And I had run out of things to watch or something. And I was like, what is this? And I saw the picture of it. And I was like, I mean, I guess it looked all right. And I watched it. And I was just like, the fuck is this movie? And I was like, that was a good watch. I wish I had known about that a lot sooner. So that's wonderful.
0: Shutter has some good stuff on there. And I appreciate it mm-hmm. so much. And it's definitely. Um, so, like, hey, Shutter, just giving you shout outs because um, there's a lot of you know, good stuff that that you see on there. And um, my early horror watching self, like, you know, loves to watch some of the stuff that pops up on there, because it's literally stuff that's so old, and it's so campy, but there is like an allure to it, right? Where you're just like, yeah. hell, yeah, like, there's some good creepy shit. So um, terrified is definitely I think it's a Shutter original, I want to say, because I think that's what I saw. It but, is. Yeah. But I appreciated it. It was um,
1: <laughs> it was quite enjoyable. a <laughs> hot mess movie, right? Where you're just like, what movie. the, what the, I and it was funny because when I was trying to explain to you what the movie was about, I was like, I can't even. You no, just have to, really- like you have to watch it. It doesn't make sense.
0: It doesn't make any sense. I mean, it it does, but it doesn't. Like, yeah. it does in the sense of like, you know, this happens and this happens. Like, it shows something happening in a neighborhood, but that's like the only relation to all of it. Like everything else you're just like, but but I have questions, but why did he do that? Like, but then why, and why was she, why was he letting them suck
1: his blood? Like, I just, was like. (laughs) And you thought, oh, maybe this is a way to come. Like, he must know something that you don't know. Okay, let's just not question it. And then after a while I was like, no, we should question it. Like, why Why are when, you guys so calm? Because things have been snatching people and dead children are coming back. Creepy kids. Dead children are coming back baby, and posting baby. up in front of their um, trick cereal. I feel like we need to ask more questions. The best, like, one of the scene that made me laugh was when Bune goes to get in the car.
0: And she, she's like, you got to get me out of here. Like, you got to help me get out of here. And homegirl's like, okay, I got you. All in Spanish, of course, and he rolls up and sh- and he's like, and the freaking creepy kid is in the car, and he is like,
1: mm, no, absolutely not. <laughs> Which yeah, he's like, I'm not movie. gonna leave my kid behind. I'm like, your kid is dead. But but I
0: and I loved it because he's almost the antihero dude because he was like, yeah, no, I'm not doing that. Like I'm not interested in all that. Yeah. Like where like most horror movies, they're like. <laughs> oh is that a creepy kid in the car sure i'll get in
1: knowing it's about to be all bad all bad like yeah logically this makes sense it's cool i'll get in the car um i think you have this one no no no, he was, he was a realist. He was like, I've got a problem with uh, circulation or with his heart. And I was just like, why are you even there? You're about to be fucked up, dude. Do you, I know what's coming because I saw what happened to Walter. I feel like you don't want none of this. And then you see the rest of it happening and you just like see him pass out on the floor and you're like, oh my God, please just get out of there. And then when he has to come back, I'm like, oh no, just no, <laughs> don't go back the only thing the only thing that he does do wrong is in the beginning where they're like no nah, it's okay turn off all the lights put on these flashlights it's gonna be cool we gotta get the, the things to come out the cracks he should have been like Cool. I'll be right back. And then he should have pieced the hell out of there. I know you're the commissioner or whatever. I don't know what that status is in Buenos Aires or how that rolls, but you can nope out of a lot of situations. You can just, mm -mm, no, not today. I don't think I have time. I'm about to get paged. I got to go. Like, peace out. That's what should have happened. Nope. So I like that one. Um, I'm glad you enjoyed it.
0: That was, it was it was a fun ride. That was, I appreciated that one for sure. I was actually quite impressed to see that um, "Terrified" had seventy-seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes. That actually made me happy.
1: I don't pull no trash movies. What? What?
0: (laughs) All right. So next on the list, actually, the next two are on my list. Somehow, I don't know how that worked out. But you know why? Because Because tomorrow.
1: Because one of these I would have put on my list, but I actually, you know what? It it would have fallen underneath something else. Because there's another one I would have put on my list. Well,
0: I just want to let you know that I watched the movie that was on your list that you decided to pull off. And I had a full commentary about it.
1: (laughs) I don't feel like we need to add anything that's going to... I mean the the language was just too offensive. Like it even was for offensive. the time I get like you get comfortable with some stuff, but I when I heard it I was just cringing the entire time. I was like, I don't want that on my list anymore.
0: Yeah, I feel you. Totally got you. Um so the next movie that we're going to talk about which is um so I've got two left.
1: Which one? <laughs> so much to say about everything.
0: Yes. Um so we are going to talk about The Shining.
1: Yes. All right. Do
0: it. So, I will say this. A lot of the movies that I selected, as you can see, were very, you know, there's nothing really modern, right? I think The Ring um The Ring and maybe the next one I'm going to talk about are the most the two most current, but I really I took this whole like what are your favorite movies as things that moved me that I had like reactions to. And so The Shining is definitely one of those movies. Um, the Shining uh, was released in 1980. However, I did not watch it in the movie theaters. That is for damn sure. I would have been eight did years old. Did you read
1: the book first, though?
0: I read the book first. Mm-hmm. And I read the book in, when I was about 12. Mm-hmm. About... I well, feel like
1: we read the same books at the same like age. Age, like, yeah. Yeah. I feel like the books were older than we should have been reading for our age bracket. But, you know, you like what you like. Right, no. And what's
0: interesting about it is that um I knew the movie was out, but I didn't really understand it. And I um so I read the book and then I watched the movie. And I will say this, I think that the book is better than the movie, but I am a fan of Stanley Kubrick. So Stanley Kubrick does some fantastic work, obviously, like, you know, 2001, A Space Odyssey, Um, even, even, and this is going to be a very controversial thing I'm about to say, because of the subject matter, Lolita, that was his first film, and it was... um, not out first, but it was definitely one of his early movies, and it's the storyline is horrible. And um, but the way it is filmed is actually kind of a cool. The book like,
1: is, a, is a, the
0: book is horrible.
1: Gross
0: nightmare. It's a gross nightmare. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I love about the movie is that it makes. Um, uh, I forget the name of the main guy right now I'm drawing a blank but the the main guy who does all the the bad shit it makes him look like a bumbling fool um so anyway that's a very controversial topic that I can't I don't, can't even, I don't We're even have to go
1: into do not we have, have our this. whole podcast shut down before we get started
0: <laughs> seriously and I just do not have the emotional bandwidth on that bad boy no. at all <laughs>
1: um
0: but the shining is a an- creepy Fucking children. <laughs> I mean, yeah, right.
1: It's it, it's either that bugs and clowns. Those are your three, I think, that are like <laughs> driving some of. The, but except for except for the last one. Except for the Ex- last one. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. So,
0: um, The Shining is a story of a, and and you know, this could be questionable. Is it the story of of Danny? torrance who is the child in the book or in the story in the movie in the film or is it about jack um and it's really um it, it, that could be up for debate right because you know danny becomes a hero on a lot of levels and jack is definitely the you know is it the protagonist
1: mm-hmm. no right? he's the antagonist the
0: antagonist jack is the antagonist But but Jack Nicholson playing Jack Torrance is phenomenal. He does a fantastic job. Uh, We are still seeing clips. uh, I mean, like that will always come up every Halloween. You will see a picture of Jack Nicholson. You know, you know, popping through the door after he bashed it in with a axe, trying to get to his wife Wendy, who is like the scared you know creature. (laughs) She's just terrified the whole damn time and shaky and a wreck. Um, I oh got, this is the, the, the shining is so heavy and meany because it's heavy in real life. It's heavy in the storyline. It's just a lot to it. Um, but Jack Nicholson does a fantastic job of playing the antagonist to his entire family. And it plays on your sense of just pure evil. Like what is pure evil? And it goes, it delves into the psychic realm. Um, Jack and his family are at the Overlook Hotel, which is in Colorado. And they are there because Jack is a former professor who's trying to write a book, um, but he's an alcoholic at heart. And so he's looking to get back on his feet. Um, They're looking for like a win, essentially. And which is a classic, you know, horror theme, right? Like where you have that, like you're down on your luck and you're looking for the win, hence sinister, right? Mm-hmm. So, so he's, he, he takes his family and he's like, look, I can get some writing done if I go and become caretakers for this hotel that closes down in the winter and it's super isolated. So in other words, once like winter hits, you can't get in or out. So you were there until the roads thaw. And he takes his family up there. I think Danny is six.
1: Uh, Can Danny's we go nine. back and talk about how beautiful, though, the scenery is? I know oh, that is oh. not part of the story, but it just makes you... And I, I know the filming wasn't done in Colorado, but the locations for where they filmed from, I think, Oregon, and um, I can't remember the other location, are just gorgeous. Like, you see them on this drive up, and you're just like, this is going to be a magical and beautiful time for everybody.
0: So that's funny that you thought that because I yeah. will forever look at big trees like that, maybe based on this movie, and automatically have a sense of dread. And maybe that's because I watched Friday the 13th when I was a kid and that scared the shit out of me and the forest and the woods. Even though I love living in the forest and the woods, there is that part of me that's always like, that shit's not real, but those woods are creepy as so, hell. Like, yeah. on the side of my house, I'm just like, It's creepy over there. My neighbors are probably 40 feet away from me, but I'm still like, "Mm, that's creepy because I can't see through. (laughs) And, you know, they're in that bug and they've got that aerial shot of the car like Mm -hmm. whining through this creepy. And and the music is like...
1: (laughs) like majestic for and it's I'm a forest mountain hill person I'm not a beach water person like I can hang out on the sand but if you want me to walk and hike up a mountain or a snowboard down something that's totally my jam forest trees everywhere throw the snow on me I'm living for it so when I'm looking at it, I'm looking at it like like I've seen Friday the 13th. I know every horror movie trope is like, ooh, you're in the forest. Look how creepy it is. But I'm like, ooh, I'm in the forest. There's nobody here. This is awesome. And I get excited. So I thought like, oh, they're going to have this beautiful time at this beautiful hotel. It's gorgeous up here. And even though you know what this movie is about, the visual look of it just, I think to me, it was contradictory to what was about to happen. But it also makes you understand, like later in the movie, like how isolated they are. Like they're driving forever. Trees forever. are roads, ever, and There's nothing around there. Like, how do you get out of there? And they're, it's not like a, you could just sled on down the hill because there's trees all over the place. So oh, yeah. it's later on in the movie, you're like, and they're, when they're getting to a point where they're trying to escape, and you're just like, but how? Where you gonna go? And,
0: and based on like the pictures that you see, you saw, which I thought was incredibly strategic. This is why like Kubrick is great at what he does. It's cliffs. <laughs> so icy road snowed in. So you see it before it gets iced in, <laughs> and it's like trees and cliffs. Like it's not flat valleys where you might gently roll down a hill like no you're fucked you're falling off a cliff into nothingness (laughs) and you're dead for sure and now you're in the snow like you he is building that scene by scene which I think is brilliant and I think maybe that's the reason why I love this movie so much is because it's not so much the storyline it is what which I love the storyline itself in itself like that, but I, I I really separate the two because it is the making of the film that just is so good. And it's like, you know, you are on a journey from the very beginning, like from the very, very beginning and like the attention to detail. I mean, it's like two hours and 22 minutes. I mean, that's a long ass movie. My favorite
1: Sharon fact is she's like, how long is this movie? Right, Four <laughs> hours, forty-five minutes. Two hours twenty-three minutes. It's tonight. definitely not <laughs> a snack.
0: It's not a snack. It's not a snack. It's like
1: it's
0: yeah. like an appetizer and dinner. There, I mean, it. it yeah, there might be a moose bouche, <laughs> a palate cleanser. Um, yeah. So, so Jack and his family they go up to the overlook and and. Um, they are, you know, they happen upon the hotel at closing day and everyone is busy trying to shut the hotel down, which is also, again, a Kubrick, I think, very interesting, like play that you get this sense of activity of everyone trying to leave and almost in like, a, not in a hurry, but like, there's a sense of quiet urgency to like, we got to go. We gotta go, right? Because we know we gotta shut this bad boy down, so we can all get out of there, right? And so everyone's hustling and bustling, and um, I think it's Halloran who is the um, the manager of the hotel, and he's kind of showing them around, and he is like that cheesy seventies or you know, like like eighties. Like you know, overdone hair with the polyester pants and just,
1: what do we call modern uh, old school douchebag? Like, like totally old school, swagger, school. Like by the way, let me take you here. Why don't you send the little lady to see the kitchen? I was like, why don't you go see the kitchen? Okay, I was getting mad because <laughs> I didn't like that. I know it's it's back in the day, but I'm still like, why can't we all go to the kitchen? I'm not going to be the only one cooking.
0: Right, exactly. But but I mean, this is. By uh, eighty-two, so I know <laughs> we might have been. I mean, you know, small, um, small race. <laughs> but but so yeah, so they're they're you know they're cruising through and they're looking at all the different aspects and they're like, yeah, this is going to be great. And I remember watching the movie and going, that looks like absolute hell. Like I remember thinking, oh God, like like. It, and well, here's what's really interesting. I now have a frame of reference of isolation because of COVID. Think well, about that.
1: Yeah, but it could be the introvert in me because when I saw it, I was like, sweet. Everybody hurry up and get the hell out because I'm ready to be alone without any of you. And I I like, can
0: do I, alone for a, to a point.
1: No, I can. I think I can spend months chilling and being okay months but that is that's not 80s okay this is i've got an oculus i've got internet i've got things i could be doing i've got knitting there's snowboarding there's a whole bunch of shit in this big ass place and if you don't want me to mop any floors and i just need to look and make sure shit don't go crazy every now and then cool like there's some scene in a book where they have to keep the boiler at a certain point and i don't yes. think that's ever referenced in the movie um or else the whole place is gonna explode like there's a whole disconnect from a couple of key moments in there but outside of that i would have been like do these Does is my husband do my husband and kid have to be here because i could be here by myself and i would be cool <laughs> for a minute and then i'd leave and i'd be like oh my god i missed you guys but this is great
0: <laughs> It, it, well, that's like me. I'm like, like, I would be like desperate for like the milkman to come up. Milkman here? Anything like UPA?
1: And then I have a knife on a stick. Like, leave it at the end of the gate. Don't come close. Get away.
0: Um, They do reference, uh, there's one scene and one scene only. Um,. They, there is a scene where Wendy is marking like, you know, they reference her like doing the chores of the hotel. But what is very interesting about that scene is you never see Jack doing anything. So it becomes her deal to manage the whole situation, which is the plight of the, 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 the you know. Again, the of-
1: roles, right? You're right. the wife, take care of the house. And I'm like, what are you doing? I'm busy writing these crazy papers and typing all day. <laughs> like, yes. I mean, okay, I'm here to support you and your endeavor. It's been a while. You're not writing. I'm happy to do some of this stuff, but that literally can't be your entire day.
0: So what's interesting to me is that like, she's like happily going along and she's doing all her things. And, you know, and she's just doing all this work and she's trying to hold it together. Like, that's what I like about her characters she's just forever just trying to hold it all together and
1: i don't think she's trying to hold it together i think she's more badass than how you see like you see her shaking and trembling and freaking out the entire time but the way she walks her like she's walking around with the bat like she ready for some shit to jump off and it's gonna be scary but she gonna handle it and i was looking at it again because I, I watched it again and i was like i don't find her I find the situation terrifying. But I do find that instead of trying to be a victim in it, she's literally like chopping hands and smacking people with bats and like, I'm gonna drag you to this fridge and baby, get out the window and then I'll deal with your crazy ass daddy. Just run and we gotta get to Snow Cat. I'm gonna call somebody because shit's going sideways. And she never once felt to me like a victim. She felt like she was dealing with it, but it was like breaking her. But she was like, "I can figure out my emotions later. Let's just get through this, and let me figure out." Like when she was walking, she, the first time she was walking around with that bat, I was like, "What's going on with this bat? Like, why? Why you pick the bat up?" Oh, and then no. the second time she had it, she's like, "Half swinging," it, and she's like, "Yeah, she's half swinging." I was like, like, "Girl, you better." That's swing like, that's like, okay, your husband has lost his shit. I'm swinging, and you have to stop. Yes, but. A part of you, I would think a part of you is still like, you're still in there. Stop, please talk to me. I don't want to have to hit you, please. And then when you have to hit him, then you're just like, I got to hit you. It is what it is.
0: I feel like the conversation would go something like, John does some crazy shit. And I'm like, I got to bat my hand. For whatever reason that we, it would take for him to do something that damn crazy and me to pick up a bat god forbid but just saying and if he was like what you gonna do with that bat i was like fuck around and find out like that is <laughs> that's the energy i'm giving and but
1: does, it, does it have to be that energy for you to be a badass maybe you could still be a little bit scared of the outcome because you know what's coming and still be badass enough to carry through even though you don't want to
0: Oh, I wouldn't want to hit him upside the head, but I absolutely would. Because if it comes down to me or my kids, more than anything. But I'm talking about kid. a Wendy
1: situation. She may not be posting up like we would like, yo, keep coming at me. You're going to see what's going to happen. But she's still posting up like, yo, come on, please don't make I, me do it. I still think me, that I love her. I think she's strong. I don't want to take away I from love her. me so Wendy. And the I first time I that. saw it, I didn't think of her that way. And the second time I'm watching her and I'm thinking with my now mature, more mature brain and thinking about having to do that to someone who that's the father of your child, that's your husband. He brought you here. He's supposed to protect you. He got this great opportunity. He wants to make things okay. There's probably some abuse you've dealt with in the past with this dude because he used to get drunk all the time and like broke your kids or pop your kids' arm out the show. Like shit has gone sideways in this relationship before, and you're trying to hold this together as best you can, knowing like who's gonna help you if he's not here. And you still swing that bat, and you're like, I'ma figure this shit out. I don't know. I I still gave it to her. Tears and all, shaking and all, crying and all. I was like. Get it, Wendy. Do that shit.
0: You know, it's a very interesting concept, though, of, of being in a situation and what you think you would do versus what you actually do. And having recently experienced a situation where I was forced to like determine like what I would do in a situation but I had no frame of reference for what I would do, um, I was actually shocked at the person that I was. And it's who I thought I would be or who I always said I wanted to be but I was shocked that I actually became that person. Right. And
1: whose ass did you kick? Why don't you tell us the story?
0: (laughs) I didn't kick anyone's ass. Uh, We we were, I was in Las Vegas. I I mean, I'll just give a brief synopsis. I was, I was in Las Vegas and with uh, my daughter's volleyball team and, a couple of the moms and I decided that we wanted to go out and have lunch while the girls were, you know, over at the uh, Las Vegas convention center. So they, we had some downtime before they start to play. And, you know, after if for any of you listeners that have children that play sports, you are beholden to them the whole time, the highs, the lows, the goods, the bad, it's a lot. And so you need to take some time away from the situation so you can be there so you can come back more present. So the moms and I decided we would go and do lunch, and we went to um, Wolfgang Puck's at the uh, MGM Hotel, and we were sitting there, and I just tucked into a beautiful filet mignon and a giant plate. Oh, very of...
1: British. I'm tucking in.
0: <laughs> it was. Uh, um, I mean, I had this gorgeous like filet and, and this big old thing of broccolini and a beautiful glass of cab. And I was like, yes, cause I'm not eating fast food or, or just, I'm going to have a decent meal. And so I we just start getting into it and I'm, I'm sitting, you know, we're sitting towards the back of the space and one of the moms like kind of, who's an educator by the way. So she's. um kind of trained in crisis situations as most educators are, thank goodness these days, which is mind blowing, but she kind of looks up and she like perks up to see what's going on. And one of the other moms goes, what, what, what's going on? Is there a shooter? And I was like, wait, what? And all of a sudden you hear this because you saw people running. She saw people running. And then she said, and then we heard gun, 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 gun. And that mom took off running the other, then, I mean, like the whole restaurant started running and we ran into the bathroom, which was a very interesting thing because she knew where the, ba- I didn't immediately know where the bathrooms were, but that mom knew where the bathrooms were. And now I am making a mental note when I go into locations about where there's a bathroom so I can, you know, like where the exits are and where the bathrooms are. Cause that's the society we live in today. And, um, So, you know, she took off. All these people started running behind us. One of the moms I was with, she fell and I had like superhero strength. I don't think I even really stopped for longer than a beat. And I, she fell and she was like, don't leave me. And I just reached down, grabbed her hand, yanked her up. And we just ran and we ran into a bathroom. I was locked in a bathroom with 15 people. Um, And it was a single bathroom. So it was like a, you know, like a, you know, toilet. Huh? I say
1: We in here, though.
0: Oh, yeah, we were all in there. And um, in that moment, we're locked in and everybody's like, what is going on? And, you know, nobody really quite understood. And, um, you know, we were trying to get answers and you saw the group begin to devolve. And people are looking around, and there was like different camps: like the people that were trying to get out, the people that were panicking, the people that were just like, "I'm here, and I don't know what to do." And I became that person in that moment that started giving people direction. And I was like, you know, because there's one woman in the corner, and she's like starting to have a panic attack, and so I look. At another group, and I'm like, you need to calm her down. Like, calm her down. And I was like, and one woman's like, my kids are out there. And I was like, if we open the door, we're dying if there's a shooter. Right? Think about that. Cause now they know where we are. Right? And then as I'm sitting there trying to calm her down, somebody bangs on the door, and I hear a girl, a young girl, go, mommy, mommy. And the daughter, the woman, this woman's like, that's my daughter. It's my daughter. So then I'm like, well, shit, I can't leave her out there. Right? And so then I opened the door. It was a was mess. Like,
1: liability. Should have ran low legs. Okay. That's oh, not the right answer. It was a liability. But <laughs> the point that I'm trying
0: to make in telling that story, it ended up not being, uh, there was no active shooter. Um, it was uh, somebody walked into the casino with a gun. Um, And security was telling that person that they could not come in on property with a gun. While that was happening, a disgruntled employee was walking out and knocked a, uh, like a stand over, right? Like one of those, like, uh, you know, like a a podium, like knocked a podium over and it made a super loud noise. So it was just one of those things and people just freaked out. Um, but I learned who I was. And so it's an interesting thing. Cause I'm like, okay. So I think the person that I always thought I would be, I actually am like a person who's like going to try to take control, find calm and, and, you know, be a voice of like reason. So I think I would be beating the shit out of Jack. If he tried to come in that bathroom with that bat and I'd be taking some strong ass, decisive swings and, and, I feel you, Wendy. I love you as a character, but you should have beat the shit out of him. In my opinion.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna tell you right now, Sharon, if it's me and you, I'm gonna whoop your ass with a bat too. That's okay. That's, that's okay. Let's just both bat. have bats and be like, yo. <laughs> we just gonna be batting each other like, like hey, 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 hey. Are we both crazy? are oh, we both crazy, girl. We need to stop. <laughs> Like, <laughs> we just need to decide who's the
0: craziest in this moment.
1: Who's the crazy? Are we equally crazy? <laughs> we both both be crazy. Let's both lock ourselves in the pantry. It don't make no sense. <laughs> oh my gosh.
0: So uh yeah, so Wendy is um, holding the family down and you know oh, actually, so she does the whole tour of the Overlook Hotel where she meets Mr. Actually, Holloran, Dick Holloran is the psychic. I forget the name of the other guy um, who's the hotel manager. But she meets Dick Holloran. Dick Holloran is played. His name is probably
1: also Dick.
0: <laughs> <laughs> who plays Dick Holloran? He's like one of my favorite. He was always good. And oh, in- um,
1: his name Catman. is Scatman Crothers.
0: Scatman Crothers. So Scatman Crothers plays. Oh, Stuart Ullman. That's why it's. The, the 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 hotel manager is Stuart Olman and boo yeah he was he lame. was
1: such a braggadocious kind of like jackalope
0: oh he was a total jackalope uh but oh. so Wendy meets Dick Hollerin and Dick Hollerin looks and he's like talking to everybody and he you know he is that affable black character in movies in the 80s and he's just like you got to say magical
1: me. negro Sharon I don't know why you're trying to dance around it because there's always only one black character is usually a dude and for some reason he's got magical powers especially in any Stephen King novel which is why I had to stop reading it when I got older and I realized what was happening
0: Stephen King always has a magical negro that is a fact
1: it's real um, fucking up and most people will be like isn't it great to have like magical powers like no we're not some mystical fucking creatures
0: like if you touch me, like you're not gonna like solve all life's problems. So don't fucking touch don't me. Don't touch me. Camera. Right. And even
1: up. if you could, still don't fucking touch me, because then touch I me. will get a bat. <laughs> <Exactly. will>
0: <laughs> so as Dick walks through the hotel showing Wendy everything, or walks through the kitchen showing Wendy and Danny everything, you know, and I just forget the scene. You got your beans and your tomatoes and your hams and your baby, day. Showing sure all of
1: Rice Krispies, right? of
0: Rice Krispies. <laughs> you got seventeen pounds of Rice Krispies, forty-two pounds of beef, <laughs> okay, <laughs> forty like, six turkeys,
1: and I, I'm like, I guess hotel lodge. I don't know how a commercial kitchen runs, but I was like, this seems like an awful lot of food for this small amount of people <laughs> for three people.
0: And I was like, "Is it
1: keeping?" Anyway, no, two okay. and a half because the kid's just like a little tiny tater tot.
0: And you know he's only eating like peanut butter and jelly. Like seriously,
1: nope, so- he's eating Rice Krispies. <laughs> That's it all day.
0: And then at one point, Dick looks down at Dan and he's like, "You like Rice Krispies, dot? No, I don't know if it's Rice Krispies, but you like ice cream, dot?" Yes, creepy fucking kid. You yeah, you guys can't see what I'm doing, but his face is like looking up at He's doing
1: the slack what well, he what the sentence is called slack yokel. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> so um
0: so Danny and Dick realize that they can speak to each other psychically and they don't have to use words and they have a whole conversation. Basically, with Dick explaining to Danny, like, I see who you are. And then when they have a second to talk, he's like, look, this hotel's fucked up, dude. Like, there's <laughs> some be shit that's going to go down. But it's just, if you act like you don't see it, it's not real. So that's what you need to do. Because people like us, we see that shit. And you need to know. He's not cussing at him. But... You need to know that that's what's going down. And so Danny's like, okay, I understand. He's like, cool. And he's like, if you need me, you just reach out on our psychic brain phones. I got you. And he's like, all right, cool. So Dick leaves and everybody's gone and it's just the family. It's the Torrance family. And shit goes down real quick, pretty fast. I mean, like, what? I think maybe total, it's like six weeks in
1: it's yeah, it's it's a few it's a few months in, but like by by month 3 it's all going south. Things are manifesting and a part of me was like, okay, I get that this place is haunted, right? But how much of that of that is a combination of cabin fever and the outside entities playing a part in like pushing each of these characters towards a place where they wouldn't normally be. And I had to reassess what I was thinking about because I'm like, okay, for me, like we're talking, isolation, cool, it's great. I've got all my entertainment. Everyone leave me alone. I'm great. But they came from a background where they were probably super social. This seems like a very far detraction from what they're used to. And it's just you and your husband and... I feel like people who are married or were coupled up during pandemic kind of get it. Either y'all love each other, y'all going crazy, but whatever's happening, we in it together and somebody's about to break real fast. And I feel like that's what happened with that group. And then you've got Ghost coming up and giving him alcohol, which he was just like, no, I don't drink anymore. And now he needs a drink. And I couldn't tell if he was really getting inebriated or if it was just the atmosphere of his interaction with the entities there that was driving some of his behavior. But I felt like it was a lot of cabin fever that drove him mad on top of ethereal presence, I guess is the best way to put that.
0: Well, nothing was real because remember, all the alcohol was cleared out. Delbert Grady, who was the butler, the, the former- But wasn't
1: it real- Like, doors were opening, he was locked in a pantry, and someone unlocked that shit. Like, there's the part in the book where the hedge maze really comes alive, and I felt like that was stripped from the movie, but it made it seem as if the things that they were going through could really be affecting how they behave. And so, yeah, it's not real in a corporeal sense, but it's still impactful, I guess,
0: Yeah I I agree with that I do think that um, I don't think he was actually drinking Um, But if you remember At one point Wendy's like are you drunk Right Because he's acting drunk Because he's drunk And she's like Are you drunk Like you know like she's like all like fired up Um, Yeah I mean I don't know. Is it,
1: was it real? I feel like it was. I think it was. I think, and I think they were so detached from reality. At least he was at that point that it became real. Like his. Well, yes. I, mean, I yes. don't understand what recovering alcoholics go through. So I don't know that mind state of what that is to be longing for something, to be isolated from everyone, to be, Stressed out about this book that you're trying to be that you're trying to write that you just can't freaking get out, and then to have somebody approach you and feel like your friend and like you're social again because of the three of them, the only one who kept having kind of encounters with the spirits was him because I think he wanted it and was he gravitated towards it. and I think they glommed on it, kind of like Danny
0: did too, though Danny did too, but that's because he was seeing this, but it was.
1: But it was in a different way. It was more malicious, and versus, I think Jack welcomed it. I don't think well, Danny welcomed yes. it because Danny has like the shine, right? Right. But Jack just welcomed that in because he needed that, and he didn't know that that's what he needed. I don't know. Maybe I am overanalyzing well, it, but it felt I think like Jack was broken. Something. I think
0: Jack was broken mentally, and I think, I mean, and if you look at like the classic, like horror, like ghosts coming into the. You know, into play in life, and you'll sometimes hear it like, I don't know if you've ever heard this, but like, people will talk about like real life people being like needing to be have exorcisms, and they'll say things to the effect of they come in when you're weak, right? Like, these things Mm -hmm. will come in when you're weak, like, so you, you, when you're broken, it's when these these evil entities can go in and, 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 wreak havoc on you. And what's interesting about this. And again, again, why I love the horror genre is that it doesn't seem like, you know, we're like, okay, we're talking about movies here, but in real life, like there are people that believe that like you can invite a demon into your life. Right. Or we do believe that there, you might've seen a ghost or have
1: these experiences. Um, there are I oh, like say if you believe you can invite in good energy and good spirits absolutely the reverse can also be true absolutely Yin and yang and negative absolutely absolutely
0: so as 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 uh you know as the family begins to isolate jack begins to devolve right so he's not able to stay keep it together he is supposed to be writing this book he has cabin fever he is Basically trying to quit his alcoholism cold turkey in a lot of ways. Like without He's any a help. few
1: months he's like a few weeks or a few months sober, and I'm like, I feel like that's not enough time. That's not
0: <laughs> enough time. Like you need like some therapy. You need Jesus.
1: Yeah, boo. <laughs> You need Jesus, baby. You can't just do it by yourself. And the, um, so um and so but, Wendy, go ahead. But wait, back up. <laughs> Did we not talk about what's what's Dick Part 2. I forgot his name. O'Halloran? Is that his name? Holman. with the black... Like, uh, no, 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 no. No, not Dick uh, O'Halloran. Um, O'Halloran. Yeah. Omen. So, when they're doing that tour in the beginning and everyone's out there, did you hear how he breezed over how that place used to be an Indian burial ground? Yes! Like, like yes. he skipped through that like super quick like oh yeah it used to be like blah 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 here and now there's this beautiful hotel and they're like go see the kitchen lady and i was just like first of all don't just add that and pepper that into our tour because that's jacked up and everybody should be like i'm sorry what you said who and then to keep on with the tour like this is going to be a great experience i just I get it's an old trope right like mystical magical negro or ancient spirits of the native american people who look how mysterious and everything is supposed to, of the unknown or the other category is supposed to be some kind of magical entity but they did want to use that to kind of play into this whole role of why everything was kind of half done like those people who were the ghosts who are in the bar in that gold room, I think it's called in in room 237, where I think in a book where everything kind of spurs from. It's kind of like, did these people die here? Like, where, where are they from? Like, none of that was part of the story. It's just all of a sudden, the ghosts of these people exist. And then when you see them in what, I guess, their corporeal form, they're really skeletons, but they're dressed up in like, you know waspy gear from that era from the 20s and there they're not dressed career, up, though, like the hotel
0: where a lot of people died
1: though in the book yes there's a lot of th- details that were missing from right. the movie that don't get played out in the book this so is you true don't yes. why yes. these ghosts are here and so it's yes. kind of like this another like a terrifying thing it's just ambiguous why is this room full of ghosts living here and what happened in room 237 like they never talked about the lady dying up there or what happened in that room and so it's hard to kind of put all the pieces together in this movie and I get that the movie is like how many hours long so I, great for beautiful shots but we're missing the boiler we're missing the fire we're missing 237 like you're missing a lot of key points in the movie and I, I don't like to be the person like the book's better than the movie but it's, it's kind of like out of all of that and then how, um, how, um, what's his name? Um, Dick O'Halloran comes in and how his character is supposed to be in the book versus how it is in the movie. You do miss a lot. Like the movie is still a great movie, but you do miss a lot of the nuanced things that kind of wrap the story up and make it make a lot more sense.
0: Well, I think that's actually an interesting standpoint because Stephen King often, like he hated that film. And he did, he hated it. And so he had it redone. And Kubrick is Kubrick, right? Like you can't, like that is, he did a great job, but he also left a lot of holes and it was not fulfilling from a complete A to Z like line of the story like the who what where and answering all those things and I always wonder like is that like a is it a budget thing like is it too long like what like what is it that like allows people like to not finish the story Um, but because I read the book first I was able to fill in the holes yeah which make it so much better for me so, in this case, I, I would definitely say that you need to read the book first and then watch the movie because it's so much better that way. If you just watch the movie and the movie's great, but you get more context from the storyline, right? And And you almost only I mean, I found myself not really focusing on what was missing. From the movie, I found myself more focused on the why it was going down. Mm. Does that make sense? Like I, I felt like, I, you know, because oftentimes, like sometimes you will read books, and you will be like, okay, this is missing, and they didn't include this part, and that part's not in there. I didn't find myself do- doing that. No, I missing. didn't.
1: I didn't do that with this movie because it's by the time I saw it, because I was just a baby when it came out. Stop um, it. <laughs> Okay. No, but by the time I saw it, I had been through like all my Stephen King novels, and I knew it was already a classic. It had it been out already, so it's already out, and you kind of take it for what it is. It's like you go back and watch The Exorcist, you take it for what it is. You watch The Shining, you watch The Stand, you kind of take it for what it is, and so it didn't detract from the story. But I can recognize the holes that exist in the story and. I think if you don't focus on the holes, you focus on the key moments like him losing his mind or with the baseball bat on the stairs and the people in the ballroom and what's happening in two thirty seven with the rotten lady and then oh, he's God. chopping through the door and he's then little Danny's in the hedge maze and it's just your focus is taken away from that. But then you start looking at it and you're like you start asking questions that are answered in the book but aren't answered in the story. Right, right, right. I think all in all, like I think
0: back to because I read the book first and and I look at the like I think about the movie The Shining. I remember reading The Shining as a book at like, you know, when I like I said I was about 12 years old, and I was reading it late night and I'd be reading it and then I would be like like super, like oh oh oh, oh 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 oh, this is scary. And then putting the book down and being like five, four, three, two, one, okay. And then like picking it up and reading more. Like that's how scary that story was for me as a little kid. Um, and
1: Please, and God, is my mind broken because this is how I read it? I was like, ooh, this is crazy. Hold on, what's <laughs> happening? Y'all about to die? Get out of there! It's crazy in here. Like. <laughs> like I have to finish it what's going on next
0: <laughs> I read it like I was oh girl I was so scared but you know but but in 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 watching the film like I just it really enjoyed being scared like thoroughly terrified and and the you know just the music and the and, and again it's it's not so much that I mean the story is fantastic but it's really like the the elements that kubrick plays into that makes you like oh jesus like danny on the big wheel on the carpet and then the tile as he's going through there and it's like rrr, rrr. and it was like that play i mean just you know those little like,
1: girls the um well, what it, i can't forget their names not in the hallway scene, but when he realizes that there's something wrong with him, like he's in a game room and the yeah. two girls show up yeah, and it makes, I mean, no big whoop because the hotel's full, everyone's moving out, but who are these chicks and why are they standing and just holding hands? And then they walk out and he's just like, okay, that's kind of weird. And then you see him again in the hallway when the building's empty and you're like, oh, okay. Y'all been here for a minute. And you just realize how long they've just been sitting around waiting for the perfect opportunity. That's jacked The elevator blood scene is like the classic scene. Like that's the one where you're just like, why the blood? Why is this a thing in this hallway? Like that's jacked up. Anything in room 237 was a mess. And Danny comes back while choked up on the neck with the bruises. And you're just like, and she's just like, you been kidding our kid? And she's right to think that because... You already got drunk before and yanked his arm out of the socket. So why wouldn't I think that you did this? And he's just like, what you sound crazy? And she's like, nah, you did this. Cause who else is in this, in this hotel? But us, the, I hate the hedge maze scene. Um, from the book, And in the movie, because there's nothing worse to me than when dude is explaining the hedge maze, like give yourself an hour to get out. And I was like, no, thank you. No, absolutely not. I don't want to get lost in anywhere where I can't scale it, climb through it. And I'm claustrophobic and I'm stuck and I keep seeing the same thing. I'm going to freak the hell out. So I was just like, nope. And he's getting chased through that maze by his dad who's supposed to love and protect them. And he's just like, no, nah, I just want to kill you a little bit. And you're like, dude, why? So
0: there is a there is a corn maze and a pumpkin patch locally um, up up Highway 1. And we took our kids there one year for Halloween. But we'd gone late in the season. So the corn was really tall. So if you get it, you can get there when it's like still short enough. But it was tall enough where you, like, it was a, it was six four. Like, you know, a six it was really tall. And so I John's like, so we take the kids, and they're like, we want to go in the maze. And I was like, I'm not going in that fucking maze. I was like, I I will fucking pick up dirt right now and eat it that I'm not going in that maze. And John and the kids were like, or the kids were like, let's go, let's go. And John's like, I don't want to go. And I was like, Somebody has to go. We can't send them in there by themselves and I'm not going.
1: so he was like, fine. but do we have to like, can we tie a string to the children and just let the, them drag the, it? Well, I'm super
0: grateful that, that John ended up going in there with them and he rallied because the kids got lost in the maze.
1: Yeah, absolutely they did. And
0: all these people could not get out. So there was like all these like different groups and they would like, they like ran into each other and they were like, we can't get out. And so finally John was like this and he just starts busting out like to the direction of the ocean. (laughs) He just, (laughs) he was like, dude, I couldn't get out. We were just talking
1: about the other day and the kids were like, that was was scary. (laughs) So like we couldn't get out so we made our own way <laughs> it like, um, made I not that's was
0: supposed to work but okay actually I think what happened was John hadn't gone in yet and they were taking forever to get out and so he went in to find them and then they couldn't <laughs> get out and he was like I'm busting my way out so um, yes so The Shining is one of those movies that hands down it's just it goes in the archives of just Great of all time, and it's got a Rotten Tomato score of
1: eighty-two percent, which is pretty high. I love you, but I'm gonna stop you right there because I feel like you're trying to skip over <laughs> which part? How the only black man <laughs> in the entire freaking movie? Oh my god, god tomorrow even so at the freaking oh, hotel, right. he was in Miami, gets on a plane through through the storm. Drives a car through a blizzard, gets on a snowcat, which is some kind of like ATV snowmobile. But- I kind of want I'm not gonna one, lie. not going to lie. I really do want a snowcat too. i said going to get one of those snowcats, y'all. <laughs> gets up there because he's trying to save Danny because Danny's in trouble. I can hear him shining all the way through Miami from Colorado. Walks into the lobby and gets chopped in the heart with an X. I was just like, Why? But why? Why does he have to be the first one to die? Why does he have to fly and do all that traversing just to be killed? What was the point of that entire scene? And I get so exhausted of, here's a black person. We'll put in a film. They can be the first one to die. Like, they're already in there. We just check that box it's over. Go ahead, kill him. Axe him in the heart. I was so mad i remember being mad at that scene when i first saw it and then i watched it again i was like yeah that was the right emotion i'm still annoyed with that that was a stupid stupid scene to put in
0: so yes um but context
1: and you're right I'm, sure. uh, you are I'm giving some context. why are we are, chopping black people in the heart when they get on a plane from miami
0: you are 100 percent correct on everything that you said i will say this 1982 I don't right. care. <laughs> I know, but 1982, and you got to think too. You and I have had this conversation before about Stephen yes. King, yeah, yeah, and, <laughs>
1: and
0: and and the way you're just like, I mean, I like the way you write, bro, but you should tell a racist. Even though that's not what he is about or what he it's says, not he's what about. you
1: intend, but it's subconscious bias where you are just like I check that box, go ahead, kill that magical negro. We're I done. I mean, with this uh, none of his characters are
0: okay. So actually, that's not true. So recently, only I read a book called Mister Mercedes, and there's <laughs> this really brilliant, smart kid in there who's like a computer nerd, and um, but even then. One of the characters is like, oh, that inward," you know, he does the whole like it's almost like that is the only way that we can be seen in society by Stephen King and as much as I appreciate him as an author, it's tired so I'm gonna say that
1: It's exhausting and there's a whole bathroom scene where Jack's losing his shit and the valet is like, that nigger's coming from blah blah, you gotta kill that nigger and Jack's like, a nigger's coming and I'm like, but why? what what is the point of that like that's not even enhancing the story whatsoever it's
0: not but then that you take stanley kubrick who broke Shelley duvall down to the point of where she didn't act i'm like of course your tired ass did that scene like that like you couldn't even fathom something more creative closer to the story like mm-hmm. you had to go there So those are the parts of Kubrick where I'm just like, you fucking idiot, right? Like, but I also don't take away from the fact that there are so many other moments in that film that make me like, oh my God, it's it's well done. But yes, it is a tired, it's a tired trope. It is just tired, which is why I love now the irony of the pendulum swinging the opposite direction where like the black people are always surviving. And now you're like, now come on, y'all. Now we just take it to the other extreme. Like, that's not real. Like, we know
1: somebody going to die. Like, come on. It's no one's going to die, but it's the most skeptical and 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 cautious conscious person is going to get out of the scenario first. So I feel like I get it. Can we be the protagonist and the hero more often? And I don't care if you want to argue and debate like that's not really that. I don't. I don't know why I did that accent. It just. I don't like know it. why. <laughs> it's just like it's this thing where I'm like, let other people win. I'm not even just saying let black people win. Literally. Other people can win, and it's okay, and it doesn't have to be a novelty, and every First Nations or Native American person isn't, isn't mystical-powered or have some kind of ancient spiritual thing going on, and everyone who is Asian, whether they're from India or China, doesn't have some kind of secret trick that they know to get out of things, and every black person isn't a magical fucking Negro. Just let people be fucking regular-ass Americans. Who do it? Like it's you think the culture is so different from what you're doing because they have different social norms, and it is not different. We're all in the same fucking country doing the same shit. And if you have to base that on oh your your skin's darker, oh you've got this pallor to your oh you've had this background, then it's gonna fuck up every story. When everybody is just a Mm -hmm. basic ass American and don't nobody like us in none of the countries, so let's just glom on together, people. And let us die when we're supposed to. And it doesn't always have to be the black person. Sometimes Jack can die first. Just let him go. That's it. Wendy could have gone. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Facts. Um, What there is a
0: interesting. um, There's a funny meme out that's right now. It's on like a TikTok video, and um, it shows it's like Hollywood representation of a Middle Eastern person. And then oh, it breaks God. it down. So it is hilarious because it is 100% spot on. And it's like the very first scene is like, and the way they break it down, it's like Hollywood representation of a Middle Eastern person. And then it's like, you know, the music, like like the, the, the horn, yep. right? And it's going over and over and over again. And then like the next scene- woman staring with like eyes and like all covered in cloth and and then they show her and then the music is going right and then they show like like the it being so hot that like the whole scene is flickering and then it's like showing like this person like in a wave scene with the music with the lady with the the eyes and it's then it's how like, you always
1: film all parts of mexico as overcast and dusty and hot and i'm like well i feel like i've been to mexico and it never looked like that when i was there so i don't know it's so great it is the best me- I, I i just
0: love it so much because it's like like that is the only way that we're seeing it's it's pretty great it's a, it's a good meme um
1: okay i like it i want to see more of it and i like this movie um i don't okay can i tell you my last obnoxious thing and then we'll move on yes i hate in horror movies when people don't break a fucking window <laughs> i hate it to my core and they'll just stand and they'll bang palms on the help hey you guys we can't get out and i'm kind of like I feel like a chair will go through that window. So when she's in the bathroom and she's like, "Ooh, this window won't raise up any higher. I'm like, kick that fucking pain out because you're so tiny. You can get out that window and roll right on down that snowbank and we can be cool. And she's just like, nope, can't do it. Go, little child. You can make it. And I was like, please break the window. It's okay. It is okay to break that window. You be fine. I cannot stand that. That and when people don't turn the lights on in the house and they hear shit and they know something's happening, I'm like, why is it always dark? Every light will be on all the time. That's just how life works in facts, real life. Facts, so facts. those are my two things I wanted to call out. I had notes on them. I did my notes, Sharon? Okay, so what, 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 what was the other one. note? I gave them in my combo. Okay. The twins, all right. the elevator, head maze shelly who's still um my favorite is Wendy kicking ass in her scary little way
0: i like i I love when she um drug jack into the freezer That's like my favorite scene she locks his ass in the freezer she was like you will be you will do just fine right here
1: i told you she is badass like she she's on the fringe of a breakdown but she holding that shit together and i was like it takes a lot to mentally pull yourself together to get through what you're going through. Because if I was having a breakdown, I'd be like, I don't, I don't know how I'd spin out, but I feel like she's <laughs> doing it the way it's supposed to be. I love like the, so the <laughs> very typical
0: Kubrick, like he definitely had an impression of women, right? Like he did, he had an impression of women. And there's the scene where she's like, 54 to 55, 54 to 55, over. Fifty four to fifty five. Uh, hi,
1: Mrs. Torrance. Uh, this is fifty five. Hi, just checking to see <laughs> what, the- <laughs> and that, and again, should have been Jack's job. And then she's just like, I-, I don't know. I, I, I'm attributing to it's it's obnoxious. I get it's nineteen eighties, and y'all felt like y'all was doing what was right, but it it doesn't make it any better. Fifty four to fifty five. <laughs> We are moving on from this topic. <laughs> um, I didn't have another movie because I didn't cheat, Sharad. I didn't cheat.
0: You took one of your movies away because it was racist.
1: I. I it wasn't. <laughs> it was um, homophobic. Homophobic. Was, yeah. Um, but I definitely had five. I had five.
0: I have, I have five and okay. I have a special mention. We had the exact same thing. You just took one of yours away. I knew,
1: I, we didn't say special mention. Now The Wisma we, special mention. That was just my scary scene.
0: Okay. Well, the Halloween three was my scary scene.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Love. Yes. Okay. Okay. So. But I think we could probably share this one because I think we've talked about how much we enjoy this film.
1: I showed this film to my nieces because I like to show them terrifying things. Oh Um, my God. They need to learn. Um, (laughs) I I make them watch scary movies all the time, like get it together. And I think there's only one that genuinely likes it as much as I do. Like she still gets scared from time to time, but it's her jam, like scary stuff. And so when I saw this movie on your list, I was like, yes, absolutely. Like it would have made it okay. It would have made it in my, top 8 okay cuz there's a couple of movies that I am prone towards that didn't make this list like I'm I'm really into zombie movies and I am really into um yeah zombie it's really just zombie movies and the other thing I forgot to mention on your shining is even though it didn't have bugs or it had some creepy children you secretly like it because Wendy's a little badass and she's getting shit done. And you have a women's empowerment thing that I think you like <laughs> where the woman is the heroine in these movies. So this next movie where <laughs> the women are the heroines just fits into your, your. Um, this is what I like. I feel so like it.
0: you know me so well, there
1: are no bugs. There are no children. There's no clowns. But the women are badass.
0: The women are badass. Yes. Yeah. So this is. I, I'm wondering if the audience can can guess. So we'll just give you like a second to just put that in your head. What movie do you think it is? It's The Descent. Uh, yes. <laughs> And I just awesome. want to say, on Rotten Tomatoes, it is at an eighty-six percent. So this movie, Absolutely. typically makes the top lists on every. Hor- I mean, you can go to Rotten Tomatoes. You can just you can Google top scary movies. Like this is always in the top ten, like always. And um, I, I am you know I have to giggle. I had never even heard of this movie, and I had crazy insomnia while I was pregnant. Now, I'm looking at the release date of it, and I don't remember exactly when I watched the film. However, what I do remember is I was pregnant, and it looks like it was started streaming December 26th of 2006.
1: So it might have been when... It came out in 2005. Wait, it came out in 2005, but it streamed 2006?
0: So it release date was August 4th, 2020, 2006. And then it was started streaming December 26th of 2006. So Holly would have been an infant. So I'm wondering if I, I remember being pregnant and having insomnia. So it, (laughs) so I'm going to watch it. it, (laughs) It could have been even while I was pregnant with Josh, but I remember being pregnant. So I was pregnant and I could not sleep. And, I would be up all night watching movies, like just. And, you know, it was really cute. The kids were actually having a conversation with me about when we got Apple TV the other day, because like we thought we were flexing so hard when we got Apple TV, which it has been a gift for sure. Um, But, uh, you know, with Apple TV, just like, you know, pull it on demand. So before you have to wait for cable. So I remember watching this on cable and, you know, like. Whatever that what was that that called? Um I forgot what the box was it had the D V R
1: It was like the
0: first ones.
1: And it does a uh, boop, 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 that
0: sound. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So so I remember watching it, you know, and um and I you know, I just kinda started watching it like, you know, without any I I, I did not have a clue about what the movie was about. Like I knew zero nothing. And it was like one o'clock in the morning and I start watching this movie. And I am watching it. And so if this the story is there's a group of women that are friends and they are badass. They're like adventure seeker type women. And they ghost Well that that becomes the big question, right? They are You know, uh they are a team. Yeah. We'll say they are a team, but are they friends? We don't know. But in as a lot of teams are, you might not be friends off the court, but you are teammates on the court. Yep. And that is the impression I got from this group is that they were their teammates because they had to rely on one another and they go spelunking. And which is the um, worst.
1: Like I, I the claustrophobia in me keeps me from it. So I'm always when it's kinda like when people run, I'm like, really? That's your jam? Okay, cool. I don't know how you do that. Spelunking, going someplace in a dark hole where you have to like crawl through these small spaces where not here for an immovable no. force is all around you. Mm mm. I, I can't. So that's already part of the fear factor of this movie.
0: Hell yeah. Um that is a definitely uh not, nah, absolutely not. Like and I'm actually not very scary. I will go up heights. I'm not afraid of heights. But there is something about tight spaces and underground that i am not here for it's just not working for me so this group of women they go out and they decide that um they're going to well actually they don't decide it's a situation where uh the antagonist is basically says but you don't know she's the antagonist when it first starts
1: but yeah, she's you, like you watch it again yeah you do uh huh
0: well yes there are subtle Scenes where she's got like The side eye going on mm-hmm. And um, Juno Is her name Juno's that character And Juno's like hey Let's get the gang together And we're all gonna go Out into And I found this spot and everyone's like Alright like, well what's the spot about like, It's just a spot and they're like but like Is it cool What, like, what is we doing? it Yeah <laughs> I got you and they're like all right girl okay we go so they all go a whole crew goes out and it's a fucking hole in the ground like a hole in the ground I ain't never seen a hole in the ground and thought what's in that hole ever and these chicks go down into the hole and they decide to go exploring in an underground cave and as they're down there it just begins to be one series of unfortunate events after the other but it's not the unfortunate events that are the problem (laughs) because
1: they spend a good chunk of time in the beginning just like exploring they're exploring but you find out (laughs) once um holly not your holly who's a hot fucking mess the entire movie (laughs) and you're just like dude what's your what's your problem that they're in the wrong cave it's not where they expect it to go they don't know how to get out it's never been explored before and juno's like there's only one way out straight down and i'm just like nah Nah, but you don't find that out until they're so deep in the cave because they have this trust because, oh, we're all adventure sisters. It's going to be great. We're going to go in this cave, and we're going to come out, and we're going to discover something new. And they get down there, and shit goes sideways with the spelunking part, and that's where things start falling the fuck apart. It's the deep, which
0: I think is, on a side note, like that is going back to what we talked about, like you don't know what you're going to do until you're in that moment, like where you see things begin to devolve. Mm -hmm. And I love things that kind of play on that. I didn't realize that I would uh, at some point have to experience that in my own life. But like the fact that you're, you're in a situation that is so crazy and dire and then you find out who you are like you find out exactly who the fuck you are in those moments and so um oh and fun fact while they're out there um figuring out that they're in the wrong cave um holly's the one who ends up getting a broken leg right is
1: it holly holly's the one who keeps running through the cave in the fucking dark without knowing where the hell she's going yes so she gets the broken leg Holly
0: gets a broken leg, and now they're like, "Okay, great. Now we're lost in the dark." And Holly has a broken leg because she's being a dumb hoe. Um, (laughs) And then,
1: (laughs) and then, I mean, if we were friends and she was my girl, I'd tell her the same thing: like, you being a stupid (laughs) ass right now, girl. (laughs)
0: And then, um, a little side note: um, shit is moving in the fucking dark.
1: Like, off to the side, as they're, like, wandering around, things are drooling and creaking in the corner. (laughs) And what's so great about this movie
0: is that there is, like, it is shot in the dark. Like, the only thing you see are, like, just the circle of their face and, like, maybe, like, the neck and the shoulders. But you don't see anything around you, but you see things moving in the dark, that's it. like it's not like you're like did that just move like that's the whole time you're like did I didn't see something move back there and you're questioning whether you see something move until you know yeah
1: there is I don't shit question down it. I'm like you saw something move Some down here girl we need to freak out and that's why I'm not great for spelunking as a team because I'd be like I saw it too girl it's crazy <laughs> So,
0: turns out there are subterranean dwellers. Blind ones that use echolocation. Yes. So, every move you make, but every sound you make. Every every sound
1: you make and every... (laughs) That bounces back. (laughs) They know where you are. So, be quiet and keep your eyes peeled in the dark. Yes, and they are—they are now
0: hunting this group of women, and it is terrifying. Here,
1: here is okay. So first, let's go back to the—we're a group, we're a team. So in the beginning scene, they're all like rafting in, and they're like, "Woo, adventure chicks, we're so great!" And I'm like, "Cool, you look Woo, like you're that And I'm like, "You look like you're having a good time. I can't raft like that. Get it in, girl." And so Juno stands up. <laughs> in the raft while Sarah is sitting down and Sarah's husband sitting on the rocks watching them come in on this raft and then Sarah kind of playfully like pushes Juno in the water with her oar and then they're all laughing oh this is great ha 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 and then they get the raft up to the rocks and Sarah and Beth who I think she she and Beth were friends I believe like they seem like true friends are like tying the boat up and Juno's like swimming out of the water and for some reason Sarah's husband feels like he needs to help Juno get her out of this water she seems like she's having a hard time and not just get you out the water let me take your helmet off are you doing okay what's going on and so you're looking at this interaction with them and you're like what the hell is that like that's too familiar for you two but 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 wait 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 and Sarah's not paying attention. Like, she's like, ooh, we're great. Everything's good. So she's over there talking to her kid. And her husband's over there, like, making sure Juno's helmet comes off, undoing the chin strap, pulling off her head. And they're getting close. And they're just, like, looking at each other. And then Beth turns around and looks at him and Juno. And then they kind of break it up. And Beth is like, what the f- fuck y'all up to some shit. Cause that's like, I'd be looking like that shit looks suspicious. Sarah's not catching no, nothing.
0: You would literally be like this.
1: Yeah. Then they, then Sarah gets in the car. Cause she's like, they're like, we'll just wrap up here. Sarah gets in the car and they're walking to the car, Sarah, her husband and the kid. And Juno is giving them some serious, like fucking side Like, fuck that bitch. And I'm like, Oh, so y'all fucking, that's what's happening here. But she's married. And then they get in the car and Sarah's talking to her kid. She's turned around in the back backseat. She's like, oh, kid, you got going to have a birthday. It's going to be great. And she's talking to her husband. She's like, what's going on? You seem kind of distant." And he like shrugging away from her and got an attitude. And then you're just like looking at this moment and kind of focused on it because it's fucked up. Whatever they doing, it's fucked up. Yeah. And then it yeah, yeah. swerves into the car and gets a pole in the head. And then you're just like, oh, oh, that's fucked up. And then the kid gets the pole in the head. And you're like, oh, they all did." Um, but Sarah's alive. So Sarah's okay. And so this entire journey, even when she's seeing shit in the dark and she's like something down there moved. And Juno's like, "Yeah, girl, you crazy. Ain't nothing down here. They try and set it up like Sarah has lost her fucking mind because she goes kind of crazy in the hospital a little bit. And then she takes these pills before they head out to get in this cave and they never show you what the pills are. So it's like, oh, maybe she's kind of off her meds a little bit and so they're trying to set this up like sarah's just seeing things but sarah is not crazy i mean she don't see that her husband is fucking her friend but she ain't crazy like she knows <laughs> and so that- i'm sorry that's funny <laughs> that scene like i've Keep watching. I watch the descent. Like you watch the ring a lot. Like I watch the like if it's on, I'm watching it. If it comes up, and I'm like, oh, descent. I'm gonna watch that again. I watch it, and every time I see that scene, I'm like, oh, I get it. Like I did not get it the first time, but I get it now. And then it's definitely
0: a scene that re- that replays. And there's more to it. The more you watch it, because there's things that are happening that you aren't focused. Like that you focused on this the first time you might watch it. And then you know what that is. So yep. then you happen to focus on something, something else new. the second time. And that whole piece of it is very complex because it's, it's multi-layered. Like there's a lot going but on. But if
1: you watch it again too, watch how Juno is acting when they're like lost in a cave and they're running around, they know these creatures are there and Juno is like, I have to get Sarah. I have to protect her because Juno yes. feels so fucking guilty that she was fucking yep. her husband. Now she's dead. They can't make fucking amends. And all her shit is sideways. Sarah's lost her shit. And now Juno's trying to make these amends. To be fair, Juno is badass down there. Like, she's fighting off these creatures. She's killing people. She kills a friend. But she's like, I'm kicking ass. I'm going to keep kicking ass until I can't kick ass no more. And I'm like, that's the attitude you got to have down here. Like, just be fearless and get your shit in But you see this whole guilt trope play out in how she's trying to like, I got to find Sarah, we got to make sure she's safe, because I brought her down here, I thought it'd make her feel better, I'm trying to make this up to her, like do something special and it's going sideways, and I've been fucking a husband, a husband dead, so now she's not going to get that back, so at least I could try and save her from these creatures that's just eating everybody's insides, and it's just like you are some kind of raggedy bitch <laughs> like the fact that you're not you here in the wrong spot and now things are going sideways and no one can find us because they think we're at some other cave and you took us to a different one because you were super fucking confident and now you're risking my life after you fucked my husband and now he's dead yeah I have a problem with this whole scenario so but they
0: bust her out remember and she's like uh, 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 and they're like what? <laughs> like what? And and Judo's like I, 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 I. and that's like when that scene, like when Sarah's like at the end and it's like, Me or you, bitch.
1: But she is she, she thought she killed the other chick and she didn't. And then she tells the chicks like, Don't trust her. A because she fucked her husband, we all know. We just didn't want to tell because right. you're going through some shit. And B, this bitch hit me with a rock hammer right through my fucking throat and yeah. left me here to die. So if you could kill me, that'd be nice. And then right. you're like don't trust her. So Sarah, after like fighting off all these little creatures you see her get a little more primal while she's down there like there's a scene where oh she like, goes full primal, she's, in the, uh, she's, full primal. she's where it's like you know it just stinks in there and she's being attacked and then the dude is walking on her fucking head and throwing up and drooling on the side of her head and she's just laying there like i'm gonna wait till you're gone and i'm gonna get the fuck up out of here i'm like getting out of this fucking cave that's my only thing and she is so focused on that <laughs> she comes around a corner and she sees juno and Juno's like, oh my god, you're okay, i so high. everybody's dead. And Sarah's just like, this bitch. <laughs> this bitch <laughs> really. <laughs> and she doesn't even say anything. She just like takes the little <laughs> hammer with the little pickaxe on the end. And she pulls it up. And you think she's gonna kill Juno, but she's like, no, I got something better for you. And she just hits her through the fucking knee with that shit. And di- disables her and leaves her there. <laughs> She's like, fuck you, completely silent. Basically. And I was just basically. Like, now, Sharon, is Sarah the hero or the villain?
0: That's a great question. Uh, Sarah is. A survivor mm-hmm. living through a traumatic situation and now in a secondary traumatic situation, and she is reacting. I think that Sarah's the kind of person that had she not been in that trauma in the first place. She might not have ever done that, but she was so broken with that experience that she was like, I'm not going to kill you, but I ain't making it easy for you. Hope you survive, bitch.
1: (laughs) I feel like that is if we're thinking about I saw the devil, predator and prey, where you're just incapacitating someone so that they can meet their fate. I don't know. I feel like they're even Stevens only. I think the only difference here is Juno's just running amok and killing anyone who gets in her way. Like she's just determined to get out of here. She's determined to get to Sarah and she doesn't know, but I feel like it's that same mentality of predator prey where you're just kind of like at the end, like you deserve this and this is what you're going to get. And so that whole end scene for me, and then you don't see what happens to her. I mean, you find out in Descent, too, if you guys watch it. But you don't see what happens to her. But you just hear this screaming. And you hear all these creatures coming. And you're just like, eh, I don't look good for you. Because you ain't got no knees no more. You ain't got knees like Nick. You got knees like... <laughs> you got knees like grandma. And I hope you can make it out. <laughs> so...
0: You might as well have them stumps like that person in um, audition. Like
1: you <laughs> can get your your um, wood bottom prosthetics and see if you can hobble on through. Just crawl through that there. works. Yeah. Army crawl on out. But oh gosh, that, yeah, um, one of my still a top movie of my I still like it. I would recommend anyone to watch it. However, I have my notes of my obnoxious parts where. Um, it's funny because I was watching this with a friend and he noted the same thing, but he was so mad about this part. <laughs> and there, there's this point where they're all sitting around in a cave and they're kind of lost and they're trying to figure out these cave drawings and they're like, look, there's two exits and blah, blah, blah. And Juno says something to the effect of Hey we're burning out lights And you want me to do this flare And I was like first of all Y'all got on headlamps And you got flashlights And y'all all all looking at the same thing Turn out and conserve some of these fucking lights If they're gonna burn out before we get out of this And then They get to like the animal room or the bone room. <laughs> They're all like with their headlamps on. And for some reason, Juno pulls out a lighter and lights the lighter. Like that's going to illuminate the entire room. And I'm yeah. like, what is happening with this movie? <laughs> to blow that lighter out, girl. You ain't, you ain't affecting nothing with that. You got to save that, that lighter. We wasting time and energy. Like you looking at the thing with the light on your head and you got to turn on the lighter and the flashlight. Stop it. But doesn't that
0: make you wonder, like, who's like editing that shit? Like, did they think that
1: was a good idea? I don't think anyone thought that through. Like, you thinking about the scare, but logistically, like, if we're, we're lost and I, we all have flashlights and headlamps, I'd be like, look. I'm going to have my head lit on. Let's just conserve some of these flashlights because we don't know how long this is going to take, how long, how far oh, we're going to go. And then, Juno, if you know where to go and you can kind of navigate the cave a little bit, why don't you be in front and then we'll just follow along behind you because you can light the way. But instead it's like, hey, guys, with the flashlight and the headlamp and you're like, somebody dim your shit. Somebody turn <laughs> it off because I feel like, it's
0: no, oh Here's one of my questions. Did Juno, and I never understood this. Well, not understood, but I just was always like, hmm. Did Juno want to create a a situation where Sarah needed her?
1: I think Juno wanted to create a situation where she surprised Sarah with something new as kind of a forgiveness tactic. And it could have been, you know, she wants Juno to be the hero or dependent. But it seemed more like she wanted to make sure in her way she was doing penance to Sarah without Sarah knowing the full deal. Like your penance could have been, yo, I slept with your husband. Or you carry that guilt to your grave because what's the benefit of telling her this now just so you can feel better about yourself? Hold on to that burden. But I felt like she she thought this was penis. Like, this is what we do. We have adventure time, and this will be something special. Sarah was going to like this. I'm going to surprise her. It'll be a new cave. And once we get out, I could be like, ta da, we did a whole new thing. And instead, it just went south and it kept going south. And that's how I felt (laughs) Juno thought about this. But different perspectives, different view.
0: I was like, this fucking girl, (laughs) like this girl. She, she just had, and they, I mean, and the, the 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 whole team was like, you just have us in here like this, like the team was like, right. everybody was like, whoa, like how are you going to just have us jacked up, like we just up in here just jacked, like we just living crazy right now,
1: like she was a like, selfish and, and- person, like nothing she did was altruistic really right it was just for self-fulfillment to make herself feel better to alleviate guilt so it's kind of like you know (laughs) she got what you got with her
0: she's a mess like i just oh my god her character even though she was like a total badass like you're just like how would you shady bitch you shady ain't right it ain't right
1: that's your friend I don't know her like that. Um, but
0: I do I did feel the same way about the Holly character because I was like, raggedy bitch, stop running. When she
1: came down the rope and she was like, yo, you need to listen if we're going to get through this. And Holly's like, okay. And then I can see the daylight. And she just running in the dark. I'm like, is she... Is she stupid? Like, is this how she acts in normal capacity? Or is she just freaking out? But whatever you're doing is, if you become a liability here, I will leave you. I've already punched demon children. And I have left my husband. And I will leave you with this broken leg if it gets me out of this cave because right now things are eating our insides and outsides and trying to kill us. And I feel like you running and jumping down a hole and breaking your leg with a bone sticking out isn't doing anyone any service. Now we got to figure out how to crawl you out. And we don't know how tight these holes are going to get. How you going to get through? Like stupid, just stupid stuff.
0: Ultimately, I think for me the dissent in the moment of them like being underground with no clear way out.
1: Sharon, they had a map on the wall. Did you not see the (laughs) caveman?
0: And they were for real trying to interpret that shit. I was like, who the fuck? It's like
1: bison. There were bison and then there was a mountain and then there was one side and there was another. Just find your way to the other side through the um I subterranean can't. crawlers. I think they're called crawlers or something.
0: Dude. And then when you finally see, like when you finally see like what it is, you're just like, oh, hell no. I remember like, like I remember it was like late at night late and so at this point it's like you know two o'clock in the morning whatever and all the lights are out cause John was like really at that time I was pregnant he's like you you stay up too late I was like dude I can't freaking sleep you know so I'd have like the TV on low maybe in the dark I was like watching it you know trying to disturb anybody and then all of a sudden you saw that creature I thought I was gonna die. I was like, <gasps> <Wow. laughs> like holding the but tommy like oh my god it was
1: because terrifying it gives you the sense that that entire movie is about them being stuck in this cave with no way out and right it throws you because it goes for a while with like a, a long enough time that you're comfortable in whatever oh, yeah. the the story arc is the challenges for the group and you're like okay we in this cave we can't get out we can't go back the way we came and we're almost right. out of rope. I feel like this is getting real bad. And then all of a sudden, there's something drooling in the dark, and you're like, "Now what is why Can we just? I just want to get out the cave." And then, like you said, there's a buffalo in a mountain. <laughs> you like I hope you can find your way, because otherwise, you're in for a hell of a of a time. So yeah, but I still feel like Juno. Like what were
0: you like what? What were you thinking? How was I going to bond you?
1: In her mind. I mean, you think of the mind of someone who pretends to be your friend, who's secretly sleeping with your husband. Like, I don't think they're rational people. Like that doesn't sound like a rational thing that a rational person would do. So I didn't think anything that they were doing was super rational. I just think that she was just trying to get through the entire thing. And, feel some kind of special reward. And then when it starts to go sideways, she's like, Oh, I can salvage this moment. And it just devolves into this entire thing because then you throw in another challenge of these subterranean things crawling around and chewing out your insides. And you're just like, I feel like this is like bad now. So let's just try and get out and not try and get accolades for, you know, Let's not blame anyone for whose fault this is, even though we know whose fault this is.
0: Dude, I, I, I'm I am i am playing the blame game. I'm be like that bitch right there. It was her. She's fucking my man. She, she put us down a stupid cave. Like who does that? Like, blame her for all of it. Like that raggedy bitch. Like, I cannot. This, this like, is why she... we didn't go
1: on the road trip, Sharon. I don't need to be blamed for my bad choices. So,
0: I, I um, It's actually really funny because I am an adventurer to a point, but I am definitely a black adventurer.
1: <laughs> Where I'm what like, does
0: that mean? That means, like, oh, look, like there's cars pulled over to the side. Like, so w- when we go to the Big Island, which is my favorite yeah. island, we're the Big Island, and there's the lava tubes, right? And the lava tubes are huge. And they're just, they're everywhere, like from the volcano side, um, you know, they come down and so then there's like, it's like the hill, like the volcano side, the hill, you know, the the hillside, the freeway, and then most of the places, you know, on the freeway are like on the other side of the freeway. Mm -hmm. So closer to the water. And it's really cool because there's like the black rock with the yellow grass. It looks really neat but people just pull off on the side of the road and they go hiking in the, in the lava tubes, but it's not, there's signs everywhere that are like, you know, don't go in here. Cause it's not, um, mm. uh, it's not like, you know, it's not like a, cause you know, rocks crumble and stuff like yeah, that.
1: It's not so
0: it's not safe, but there's, you I mean, you can see the path of everybody who's like, you know, walked in there and stuff. So we went to, Um, the first time we went, we were with uh, my husband's parents and let's just say it wasn't a, um, an adventurous trip on that trip. It was very safe. Um, the second time we went, I was like, I can't travel like this. I need to do some adventurous stuff. Like I need more exploring that's not prescriptive. So we pulled over to, so we were driving home from, I don't know, wherever we were. And I pulled over and I was like, let's just go explore. But there's like 20 cars over here everyone's walking through there we gonna go come on so we so john's like we, we just we we can we just and i was like we're going so so we like pull over and i've got pictures of like john and the kids and we're like walking through the lava tubes and it was amazing right so it was very much me being adventurous
1: you're pulling a juno but
0: we, but, but Yeah, but there was people all around, so, right? So it was me being adventurous, but not me being stupid. Because then I was like, okay, and this is far enough, so it's time to go.
1: Mm.
0: So I will be like that. I'm also the person that will walk over to the side of the cliff and look over.
1: They say not to there. stand on the edge. See, I feel like you'd be the Juno in our situation, but I wouldn't follow you. I'd be like, good luck, you I would not
0: tell naked. you to come look. I would completely go on my own. It is not your obligation to do it. Like, I will do the crazy shit. I will not put you at risk. I will not put anybody else at risk like that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I want to believe you, know. you, but I feel like you're going to be like, no.
0: I'll be all doing the snake on the side of the cliff. Clifffall.
1: If you're doing the snake on the side of the cliff, I'm definitely walking away. I'm like, I don't even know who. This is. I think she's from the eighties. I can't remember.
0: Oh man. So we covered a lot in this top five. I, um, what a journey. Ah. I feel I, like we were on a journey.
1: I think, our top five is an extensive reflection of at least our core, you know. Likes, however, um, it's a mark like like
0: this. sort of sets the mark for what movies, like where we go per person. Well, I, I know... think,
1: Well, if those are the best of the best, doesn't mean the next movies are the worst. It just means that they didn't make it in the top five list. But I think they're still Correct. good. Like there's a couple on the list that I would recommend other people watch and there's some where I'm just like, it's going to mess up your mind. And I feel like we have two viewpoints. I feel like mine is very much like, hey, this is real messed up, but I feel like you need to watch it. Yours is more like, (laughs) hey, this is classic horror and I think you need to remember how good it is. Well, okay,
0: okay, fair point. But- but I do like current stuff. So I'm excited to review some of the current things that are out there. You're
1: on there. Some uh, stuff I put on this list that you're just going to be so mad at me again. And I cannot stop myself. I need you to know <laughs> what I know. <laughs> oh, no. You're like, I'm why? So this movie is stupid. <laughs> 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 I'm like looking at the list right now and I'm like. Yeah, there's definitely one on here. You're gonna be like, "But why is this movie a thing?" And I feel like this may be, this probably should be the next movie because it's so jacked up, and you're just like, "Oh, oh no, now I'm scared." There's a couple on here where it, they're, they're. I think I'm currently tending to lean towards the more abstract new style of horror thriller movies where everything isn't any, um, you know, in horror film, there's a certain arc and there's a certain character and we've done where the hero doesn't win. And now it's more of a dystopian surrealism, I guess is the best way to put it. And it doesn't make sense. So you're going to hate it. (laughs)
0: Okay, I'm here for it. Okay. I'm ready. I can do this. I can do this. Yay! Well, I I am excited. I hope you all enjoyed our podcast um, episodes one through. I'm guessing four, <laughs> maybe five. Well, we'll um, we'll label
1: them <laughs> later. later. But yeah,
0: right. We we'll hope
1: you enjoyed the podcast. Absolutely, because that was a
0: I can tell you this was really fun for me. And um, I, 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 I can spend lots of time with you tomorrow. So this was this is fantastic it was a good way to spend um, my my day off. So thank you.
1: Yay. Thank you all for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this as much as we have. I'll do another Spotify quiz because I kind of want to get your feedback on what you think our next episode should be about that. And we do have some ideas already brewing. Um, Notice how she said kind of want to get your feedback. I said kind of. (laughs) I love feedback, but you know, executing on feedback and applying. Feedback is a gift. It's. Difficult for me. <laughs> I'm in a challenging spot. And I feel like don't take it harshly if I don't reply to everyone. But I definitely do want to hear from you. We do want to hear yeah. from you. Especially
0: if you have some ideas. Um, if you want to just even comment on some of the things that you heard in this from like your own perspective on some of the movies. Especially um, talking about terrified.
1: Yeah. <laughs> If, if you found a new movie in here, I think that's great. But if you want to double down and just be like, hey, Geron, yes, Poltergeist is top on my list or Terrified or Audition Was Crazy or any of the movies in our episode list, we'd love to hear that from you. Or if you have suggestions for season two. Season two. <laughs> she said it. I'm makes so super so excited. So happy. <laughs>
0: yes. Um. Really quickly, one of the things that I have loved as we have started talking about doing this podcast with our family and friends, every single person has been like, oh, I have this scary movie. And mm-hmm. you know what scared me to death. And yeah. they love to like tell us their moments or send us ideas. Like, and that's just in our personal list. So we would love it if you, you know, could do the same because it's it's been a, it's been some good discussion.
1: It really has been. And we've re-watched movies that maybe saw when you were younger and you have a different a of those movies today. Um I'm still team Wendy. I don't care what anyone says. It, if you can't see Sharon's face but she's making a nah <laughs> face. I don't know
0: that I'm team Wendy. I just feel like they're all jacked up and need therapy, but anyway. Well,
1: they all need something. They do. They all need Jesus. Is that what we You say? need
0: Jesus. Get me
1: Jesus. Okay. If not that's some Tussin.
0: All right. So be sure to subscribe. Be the first to know when season two drops. People, please follow your instincts. If you see some creepy arthropods, some liabilities coming out of boxes, you get serial killer vibes. If you see graffiti coming out the walls and all the things, just, just peace out. Drop the do <laughs> sign.
1: Just drop the do sign.
0: Peace. Say, mm, nah, absolutely not. If
1: there's something inside of you that's like, I feel like with a flashlight, I can see what's happening better. Or if you hear a strange noise or here's my rule. If I call you three times and you don't answer, that means I should leave and something has happened to (laughs) me. Again, liability. I'm not coming looking for you. I'm not going to do it. So, yeah. Those are just my helpful hints. Sharon. let me have and, and these are your life tips? These are on how to navigate. These are Tamora's life tips. <laughs> Sharon's are definitely very different. She's very much, um, very holistic and very. <laughs> but I'm still not going to go investigate if I hear a sound, at least not. But wait, are you telling me if you call your husband three times, you heard a sound and he doesn't respond, you're not going to go look for him? I would not.
0: <laughs> it depends on what the sound is.
1: No, it doesn't. Like if the I heard
0: no. <laughs> like if I heard like a a gurgle or like something like that. Like maybe I'd go look. But then if I heard, oh shit, I might not go <laughs> look for him. I'm kidding. Of course I would. I would sacrifice my life for my liabilities. I love them.
1: And if you are a liability, if someone is calling your name, answer. And the answer isn't come help me. The answer should be run. You can't help. This is gonna get bad. <laughs> And with that,
0: thank you again for joining us. Thank you for hanging out. And we hope you liked this season of not absolutely not. Yeah. All right. Bye guys. Bye. Bye.